0: Go Live selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new, exclusive, and unmissable content only on Sky.
1: Go out, go out, go out. That sounds like a nineties violin. What's that? That's Glenn Miller. it's uh, you're. It's in the freaking mood. Are we in the mood for a podcast? Let's do it. I'm going to start off a little bit low because you're. Let's do it. Got very loud there, Simon. You warn us that that's coming. Ah, yeah. They know by this stage. Anyone listening knows <laughs> at this stage it's on the way. Welcome to GoLad Selects with Simon Delaney and Aidan Power. It is a GoLad original, a GoLad production, and it is brought to you by Sky Ireland. Well done. You've nailed it. How's your face? My Face is very sore and all in any way, so yeah. I've got the anyways. Yeah, is
2: one side on a gum. bit bigger than the other? I don't know. You said that about my face. <laughs> you've got a uh,
1: you've got you've got mouth trouble. You've got mouth trouble, yeah. I've got a
2: fecking ulcer, but anyway, look, I shall force through the pain. I have painkillers here with me. John has supplied a veritable potpourri of painkilling things beside me here. I'm looking at them, I don't know what that's for, but it's in a needle. And,
0: uh, <laughs> John's, um, that's a lit split. John's long, <laughs> in the lit split.
1: L- long and very job description is just growing, and now we add dealer, yeah, uh, me- medical remedier of Simon's ailments. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Apart from your face, how's everyone doing? My knee is better. <laughs>
2: just give me an update.
1: My well, knee. It'd be terrible if your ailments were overlapping, as long as you, yeah. one cures before the other comes in. One a, week. I do get one a on. week, yeah, I right, haven't got covered though. Dutch words Say nothing Famous last words What do we got this week kiddo Alright well first and foremost uh, The big news we want to share with you Is that Sky Sci-Fi Is now Being transfigured It's already happened They have transformed Into Sky Sky-Fi Life but not as you know it But do, fear not All the good stuff is still there. all my favourite shows still there, It's a name change. You can still go and watch the old sci-fi classics. Star Trek is there. Stargate SG-1, which many people think is the best one. Uh, Quantum Leap is still there. But the good news from uh, sci-fi to sky sci-fi is that from yesterday, there is a brand new series. This is big. It's called From. And it's um, brought to us by the creators of Lost, It's a brand new 10-part series. It's got a huge cast, including Eon Bailey, who's in Band of Brothers, Catalina Sandino Moreno, who's in A Most uh, Violent Year, and many more. And it's uh, a mystery that's set in uh, a town, not any old town, a nightmarish town. Oh, God. And it traps all who enter. So you can expect unwilling residents fighting to keep a sense of normalcy and search for a way out whilst they battle to survive the threats of the surrounding forest filled with terrifying creatures that come out when the sun goes down. Do you know,
2: the long-suffering Mrs. D is a big fan of all that sci-fi stuff. Like all that stranger things, the unexplained kind of stuff that sounds right up our street. Interestingly enough, Quantum Leap. I was recently reading a list from Empire Magazine of the 100 greatest TV shows of all time.
1: And, and you're going to ask where, where do I think it placed on the list? It was
2: in the top 30. Was it really? Quantum Leap. Well, it was groundbreaking back yeah. in the day. And if you haven't watched it, go to Sky Skyfi. fi
1: you get the whole lot There you go Yeah it is a terrific series So sci-fi fans uh, Sky-fi Sky-sci-fi Is very right there now. Up, I got And from this brand new series Is is there for you to watch If you're brave enough And you are Well art No I'm um, not actually I'm a pussycat I, I scare My own shadow
2: um, What have you got to recommend to, us, to me and our dear listeners This week Aidanofsky We'll start with your good self
1: Thank you Simonovsky. Uh, first thing I'd like to ask you both is um, oh. just a show I flicked on last night I have another re- recommendation but are either oh. of you aware of this show or indeed who D.B. Cooper is or was that's yes. my recommendation Grand, for this well, week well then you can do that and I'll talk about a French political drama that I'm watching absolutely, at the absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah no I just it, it's because it's it's very popular and I just wondered had yeah, you watched it yeah, and you yeah. can tell us all about it shortly did you watch it
0: yeah, uh, I didn't finish it, but I'm well aware of it. Yeah, I watched the first. Yeah,
1: yeah I've watched the first episode and I'm, I'm intrigued yeah. by it's skyjacking. And it's brilliant. It kind of sounds rude, but anyway. Um, so, a French political drama that you can see on Amazon Prime and it is called uh, Baron Noir. I was, is it Ooh. Noir? Is that how you say it? Or noir. It? Noir, like the soup. Is there an "e" in it? Noir. N-O-I-R. Noir. Noir. Baron Noir. Three-part series. If there was an knee, it would be Noir. Noir. Not Noir Noir, Noir anyway Anyway, Baron Noir Yeah, it's a French political drama Uh, Modern modern day The first series was filmed in 2016 Uh, It centres around uh, this French politician Who's the mayor of Dunkirk and he's a bit of a shady fucker. And the the feds, if you want to call him that, are, are investigating where he's been spending money that he doesn't own and whether he's been spending it legitimately. Uh, and as a result of this investigation that's brought upon him, the, the French president kind of sends him down the river because he's like, this could bring me down if you're, if you're okay, bent, yeah. this could, because I might be bent too and they might find out. So he kind of sabotages him and tries to sink him. And then this mayor of Dunkirk is like, whoa, if I'm going down, I'm bringing you all down with me. And then we get into this real heavy tale of revenge and the murky world, the skullduggery of politics. I mean, all these political shows, uh, to some extent or another, the politicians in it, like, there's not one of them who wouldn't sell their own mother. And it makes you think about real life politicians (laughs) because these dramas are based in... Some some level of fact. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not too much of a leap from reality. So it's really good. One review I read of it recently described it, that it's um, it has the bite of House of Cards. It has uh, some of the humour of the thick of it. And it wow. also has um, shades of The Sopranos. Wow. In terms of sh- the shadiness.
2: Where can we get this? So it's, on, it's, it's on tradition.
1: Amazon. Three series. I'm one season in. It's good. I mean, it gets very into the... The intricacies and the vagaries of French politics when it comes to the time of the election. Yeah, and that's okay. It's hard enough to keep up with the subtitles, but now you're trying to understand the various yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ma- permutations. Yeah, of how of how all that works. So, yeah, um, yeah you. you you need your head screwed on when you're watching it. And are, are there
2: any well-known, would we know any of the actors in it? Are they obviously
1: all French actors? And You, you might more than I, say. Si, I believe the, the, the main guy, and I don't know his name, but the, the, the mayor of Dunkirk, he actually was a comedy actor. That's He's best known for that know. uh, prior to this. Do you know what? The the president in it, Lugard is his name, he was in A Prophet. I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. you'd be looking at him going, I've seen you before. Oh, right. You've been in What's things. A prophet? That's,
0: a prophet is a... Film by Jacques Odiar, it's a masterpiece. It's a kind of a crime, crime drama. This young, wet behind the ears fella, Parisian, gets put in jail. Uh, first scene is him getting his runners taken off and battered in the showers, and he just has to pull himself up by the bootstraps aligns himself with these... he doesn't have any boots. No, yep. there you go. Aligns himself with these kind of mobsters and gangsters and the title suggested it and it's true, he has this kind of innate gift. He can see the near future in times of real stress wow. and it serves him well. all your
1: knowledge, no. They made a brilliant film, I say brilliant, in... Uh with my tongue firmly in my cheek with Nicolas Cage where he could like see kind of like five seconds into the future oh so he could preempt any imminent danger but only like eight, five seconds sounds window. better yeah it's actually a terrible movie but it's great
2: uh, Nicolas Cage in a terrible movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, Baron Noir what else can I tell you about it looks great so we've three seasons uh, over there three seasons yeah season. it's a meaty uh, entertaining political drama and if you're missing the likes of the House of Cards and Absolutely. shows like Absolutely I do only think um, fill that gap yeah. since it went off air Or even the West Wing I mean it still carries yeah, a certain yeah. sense of the uh, the moral purity of these shows or the aspirations mm. you know there's certain people who still want to be good and do be- good for the country yeah. but then they're hard the to rest find are just <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, are to, to lie in their own pockets and yeah. they're just ruthlessly power hungry Excellent Baron Noir Excellent Right noir. Well, I shall, Okay uh, we're going to
2: do DB? Yeah so uh, for those of you who aren't aware of uh, there's anyway new Netflix documentary series called D.B. Cooper Where Are You uh, and I came across this strangely enough again going back to this series that I've been watching of which there are nine seasons on Sky Discovery or Sky History called Expedition Unknown which mm. is presented by a guy called Joshua Gates who's an explorer by trade he's a diver he's one of these guys kind of does everything But every week he explores a different mystery, different adventure. He's done the Bermuda Triangle. He's tried to find John Dillinger's lost uh, loot. He's gone to try and find the Sierra Madre treasure. He's gone over to uh, Poland and found these bunkers from World War II. Every episode, it's over an hour long, and it's a totally different story. He was in Colombia last week in these rainforests trying to find uh, El Dorado, the lost city of gold. Mm. It's a phenomenal series, and there's... At least seven seasons of it on Discovery or History, if you haven't seen it. But I was watching it last week, and he was. His, the episode was about the mystery of this D.B. Cooper, whom I'd never heard of. And I watched that episode and then flicked on Netflix and saw there's a documentary series called D.B. Cooper, Where Are You? So, for those people who aren't aware of D.B. Cooper, it's become this kind of.
1: Have you heard of before? I'd never heard of No, the name kind of rang a bell, but I didn't yeah, know Yeah, I'd never anything. heard
2: of him. So the story revolves around an afternoon, November 24th, 1971, where a guy who'd signed his plane ticket, uh, Dan Cooper. Uh, it says in the documentary, like back in the day in the early 70s, like airport terminals were like supermarkets. You could walk in, throw down $20 and go anywhere in the world. Like, you know what I mean? So this guy gets on boards a flight. While he's on the flight... He calls one of the stewardesses down and says that he has a bomb in his briefcase, and he demands two hundred thousand dollars. Nowadays, that equi- in twenty twenty one that was the equivalent to one point three million dollars. So a lot of Wanga. So the flight diverts. It lands. The cash is brought on for him. It takes off and heads somewhere. Well, he else. asked
1: for something else as well, didn't he?
2: He did. Well, I'll let you discover that. But um. but there's a reason why he anyway the flight takes off again and they're heading to a destination of his choice at which point he gets up walks to the back of the plane because this particular plane was I am trying to read it it's a Boeing 727 aircraft which had rear lowering stairs at which point he went down to the back of the plane lowered the stairs and jumped out of the plane with a parachute and has never been found since So this whole mystery, there's an actual organization of these people now who have tried to find this guy. Did he really exist? Over the years, the FBI have had an active case on this guy for over 45 years now. But getting back to Expedition Unknown, he went to try and find this guy. And he hooked up with these guys who thought they'd found him. Because about 20 years ago, uh, a young kid, eight or nine year old kid, dug up some cash on a beach. And the cash was in tatters. They weren't fully formed notes. They were it looked like they'd been chewed by a dog. They were buried, but the serial numbers matched the serial numbers that were given to this T. B. Cooper fella. Mm. So Josh Gates goes to this guy who thinks he knows now knows where the rest of this guy's loot is being buried has been buried. But over the years, there were several people came forward and said. I am D.B. Cooper. And all their theories were knocked down. But this guy, I can't remember the guy's name, on his deathbed um, made recordings with, with his daughter and conversations with his daughter claiming that he was D.B. Cooper, uh, that he jumped out of the plane, uh, that he landed in a forest near such and such, went to a diner, phoned for help, yada, yada, yada. And they corroborated that story. This guy who passed away, was a former paratrooper. So this guy fitted the FBI profile of someone who could jump out of a plane. And They went and found the diner, which is no longer standing, but there was an eyewitness that night in the diner, a Mexican truck driver, who saw this guy outside standing in a black suit. Because it's a very cool image if you Google D.B. Cooper. He looks like James Bond. He's got a black suit, white shirt, black tie, and he's got uh, shades on and slick back black hair. And this guy is standing in the middle of Bumblefuck, Arizona, in, a, in the middle of a storm on the side of a road with no coat on, his raincoats rolled up under his arm, which supposedly is where he had the cash, what he did with the cash. And then the same truck driver goes into the diner to have a cup of coffee and in walks this guy. And the guy walks over to the pay phone. He picks up the phone, has a conversation. And he's obviously asked, where is he? And he says, I don't know. He says, hang on a minute. And he calls the Mexican truck driver over and says, tell this guy where I am, will you? So the guy says where he is, thanks so much, he hangs up and he leaves the diner. So when Josh Gates goes to investigate it, they find the Mexican truck driver. So he's still alive. And he says, I can still see it like it was yesterday. I was driving my truck and this guy couldn't have looked more out of place. Like the rain is fucking horizontal and the guy is walking, carrying coat under his arm. And he said, yeah, I was me that saw him. And he handed me the phone. I told him where he was. He said he stepped outside. And by the time I started I went out to see where he was. And he was gone. Mm. But still to this day, the guy has mm. never been found. No one knows who D.B. Cooper is. I love that shit. Yeah. Love it.
0: Are you watching? Uh, I did watch the first two episodes. Um, what a story. Yeah, the amount of quite viable suspects to go through. And they, mm. they obviously debunk most, pretty much all of them. Uh and they're like, yeah, that guy, he would have been in Vietnam. He would have had that training. Yeah, yeah. He, he would have been able to do this. He would have, it was just this endless, annoying list from the work through. Uh, and in the end, the kind of sense that you get, even watching it now, nobody really wants him to get caught. You just want him to... Yeah, yeah that kind of... become a folk hero. ...burst the balloon, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. the
1: end of it. Because like, a nearly an industry has been built on there. The, the mystery and the hysteria of who yeah. this guy is like you said there's all these cold case investigators uh, yeah. amateur sleuths yeah, yeah. some of whom quit their jobs there's writers who's, who've written books who've like to the point where they admit in the documentary they nearly started losing their mind Absolutely. because at one yeah, point yeah. Th- this particular author is like there was four D.B. Coopers and I was convinced <laughs> every one of them was D.B. Cooper one yeah. of whom was a woman yeah. you know? it's <laughs> mad, So like it it's is, mad. you know you have the people who stand in Dealey Plaza in, in, in Dallas spouting you know their theories about who killed JFK there's a similar Similarity to this of how it um captured the 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 curiosity and the imagination of the, of the American public. And then like there's a festival, there's a DB Cooper festival. Yeah, and they reckon the up. real D.B. Cooper would come to the festival <laughs> incognito because the guy clearly has a fucking ego. Yeah. But even if you just go back to the stunt, if you want to call it a stunt, the heist he pulled off, yeah. it's the most audacious. Well, the thing is thing when, when ever, Josh when Josh Gates and a plane, get rice. money and then jump out of it when
2: like Josh Gates, uh, an investigator, and he went and he went to an airfield near it and they got the sim a plane similar to it right with the back loading thingy and they got a parachutist and they got the parachute that he was wearing that day because he said the most logical theory is that the guy fucking died he hit the ground like a fucking fly hit a windscreen mm. and he was brown bread and just never found in the forest somewhere mm. so he said we're going to go up uh, they would similar weather conditions they checked the weather conditions for that day whatever day it was and they sent the guy up to the same altitude going the same speed and he jumped and the guy who's the parachutist uh, it was a father and son his father was on the ground with Josh and they were watching the, the, his son the, this guy had been parachuting for fucking years and he made the jump and he said and he lands and he was fine and he said uh, do you think he survived the jump you know, with that parachute, because he said that parachute was extremely hard to control because these were early model fucking parachutes. They weren't, it wasn't, he said, if I was doing it now, he said, I'd do that jump on my sleep. Mm. He said, but back then, he said, the fact that it was the middle of the night it was pitch dark.
1: Yeah, in shit weather, And
2: it was a storm, he yeah. said. But he said, depending on who the guy was, like if he had parachute training or paratrooper training, mm. yeah, he said I think he survived it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so he's still alive.
2: Yeah. But I'm dying to get to the end of the series to see what conclusion they come up with.
1: Well yeah. then the, the, I, I suspect that there, there is no well, obvious I don't know, conclusion. But, but, but Do you know, but I'm what I mean? does the show, know who he is? But
2: does the show become about who's who's interested in the mystery as opposed to trying to solve the mystery? That's what I love about series like Expedition Unknown. He gets to the end of the story. You don't just finish and go, "Aren't these all fucking You're left mad for questions following your man?" Find answers. out, like, because we've got so many, like, the modern day technology. You know, in terms of, you know, particularly with this, these other things your man does, like radar and ground penetrating stuff, we can. If people think something somewhere, they can fucking go and point a machine. Yeah, you would at think we, whatever technology
1: it. we have now that they didn't have in the seventies yeah. and the eighties, or yeah. indeed the nineties, or even fucking ten, fifteen years ago, may help uh, answer the question. Yeah, but I, I do agree there is a certain sense of. Um, should what lie, do you it, think, it'd, it'd Johnny, be no crack if they I fight. leave him. Yeah. yeah, I do
0: like the idea that he had the kind of simplicity of it, the fact that it was a very short flight, it was only a like thirty-seven 30, 30 minute flight. flight, yeah, and uh, the fact there was so few people on it, all these little variables he eliminated. So. He could have controlled that uh, situation very easily. There was no guns produced. It was mm. just a chat. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the fact that when he asked for two hundred thousand yeah, yeah. dollars, the other thing he asked for, the fact he asked for more than one of us. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? So they
0: wouldn't give him a dud. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, but he's he's interesting enough when your, when your man, went, he, was, lads, he wasn't just on a plane and had a few too many. <laughs> no, no, exactly. In. Fuck, I going to try
2: something? But like you think about, it, like he also he bought a one way ticket, so this was planned and planned planned. But interesting enough, when they went to the beach where the kid Found had the money. dug up the cash, right? Yeah. Um, they one of the local kind of DB Cooper fanatics who was honing into this beach to say because the theory was that he landed. He buried the money and he fucked off and then came back and collected it. Mm. But the beach where they were on, obviously over the years, it has a road, the beach has changed, just the landscape of it. But they said, well, let's do GPR. So they went up and down the beach, they did what's called mowing the lawn, they walked up and down, then they looked at the results and there was a couple of anomalies and they started digging, they had metal detectors and lo and behold, they find uh, a strap from a parachute and then they found a buckle from a briefcase. Mm. What you're thinking? Fucking hell, because they're, what they're thinking is there's more here. There's yeah. more than this young fella just found. And the young guy, the kid who found it is now in his 40s and he was on the beach there he's going, I remember the day in and dug it up and he had still some of the notes that were, some of them were given over, obviously the FBI took them. But the FBI searched that beach. But of course the FBI being the FBI, they didn't search a certain section. They just came in and fucking searched us. So these mm. guys in the investigation went and searched the beach, the part of the beach. They didn't and found the belt book or found the strap off a parachute, found the buckle,
1: a little locking mechanism off a briefcase. So what it's a mental? A, It's a four part series. Mm-hmm. I'm one episode <clears throat> in, John. You're one and a half too?
0: Yeah, I'm nearly finished the second episode. I mm. uh, can't remember why I stopped watching it, but it, it was a case of I could tell the people who were in it, it has taken over their lives a bit too 100%. much. Oh, completely. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: where are you at in it,
2: Simon? I've just finished the first episode, but Okay, so but, we're all in the roughly yeah, the but, same place. But then okay. I watched the the you Expedition know, yeah. Unknown thing, so I kind of I'm a bit further down the line of the story. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of some of the sightings and some of the barn pots who've put their hands up and said, <laughs> Yep, I'm D B Cooper. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And they're going, mm, no, it's not because they had in, in the Expedition Unknown, they got the original FBI investigator back and they had a whole table out in an office and all that. These were the nine suspects. These are the nine people, eight or nine people over the years who not just said they were, but who actually fit the profile. Mm. So they had, a, they had a former paratrooper there going, well, I'm looking at his military record. He couldn't have made that fucking jump. So they discount him. So they narrow it down to two. Okay. And one of whom was this guy who gave his deathbed confession. They go and talk to his daughter. And of course, they ask the question, well, did he not just tell you where the fucking money is? Mm. She goes, no, I wish he did.
1: And you're going, "Ah, bollocks. You know what I mean? No, I was, by I was the I was like, could like that money he robbed, because they, they they would have the serial, serial numbers. numbers. Could yeah. he not spend it? Like he couldn't go into Landis and. Well, presumably, if he had the serial number, it, but
2: you see, you only know you're looking for counterfeit money if you're looking for counterfeit yeah. money. Those could be yeah. handed and off back in then small it was probably bills. Much
1: easier to spend it, and not plus. Not I'd I imagine it, it would or. have been a lot easier to wash
2: it in terms of yeah. sticking it into a bank account, like uh, and then just taking it out in a different yeah, bank. Yeah. See so our money's
0: clean. <laughs> departments didn't communicate with each other no. uh, there wasn't even a centralised <clears throat> emergency number like yeah, there is now there was none of that it was any, anything to Club, as med, as well. for
1: Club med for criminals Club Med for criminals so there,
2: I'm reading up on Sorry. this it? it was back in 1980 an 8 year old kid Brian Ingram found uh, $5,800 <laughs> uh, as he raked to Sandy Beach he was, he was, very was, he, honest he was building attorney, a camper yeah, for because
1: yeah. yeah he was with his parents and the parents in the show were described as kind of these hippie you know, oh yeah well, the FBI just,
2: uh, FBI technicians confirmed the money was a portion of the ransom. There was two packets of one hundred and twenty dollars bills. One hundred twenty dollars bills.
1: I do like the, um, the, the the scene with like the the local sheriff. Yeah. The day or two after, and all the news crews have descended on, going, and the guy jumped down the plane. We reckon he landed here, and the sheriff very matter-of-factly gone. Well, uh, he either got away or he put a very big hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at DNA
2: even from the plane ticket. That's yeah. where they're. That's where they're at now in terms of the technology. Yeah. They try to get DNA off those dollar bills, but they've been lying in a fucking bag on a beach for fucking thirty years. Um, but the mystery still goes on.
1: Yeah, and it's still influencing popular culture. And as we see in the documentary, various movies have kind of parodied or played, uh, paid homage to this feat and this stunt by uh, kind of recreating people jumping. Why hasn't there been a movie made of this?
0: Yeah, I think it's been done in relatively cheap TV movie <clears> form. <throat> right. or yes, there wasn't like. Yeah
1: in the 80s and stuff like that yeah
0: to get it right you need someone you know you need a, a bit more about it like some of the the suspects they talk about with their very strange and you know disturbed kind of home lives there's enough in there I think you could definitely take it up to make it a good you know feature but there was one or two they, they'd come across your man remember he I don't know if you, you've seen it Simon it might be in the second episode where they're pretty sure he killed his own father for yeah, um, yeah. a share of the business he he looked the most
1: but the thing mighty is you can, guy In my okay. eyes Yeah And it's all A crazy, crazy guy. guy I look at John's eye He's like John's look- fucking amateur sleuthing now as <laughs> well, that's well. <laughs> it, and that's
2: why it would drive people mental
1: trying to yeah. get to the end of these yeah. mysteries you know, it's a good show to watch with friends or your other half and kind of try Absolutely. and um, surmise yourself and on another note who a, a, and,
2: on a second recommendation and I've recommended before but Expedition Unknown you should get yeah, on no, no, that really because, like the that. because there is something for everybody on that series Josh Gates who now has his own chat show late night chat show Josh States. what? Joshua Gates is Gates his name. sorry and um, And every week it's a totally different mystery. I watched it last night and he was over in Poland and he met up with the guy from the Monuments Men organisation about the lost arts and all that. And then they went to... Uh, a plate now this this was new to me and you're you're a bit of a nut on this the Normandy beach landings, Utah and Omaha Beach and all that. And when they were trying to scale those big cliffs they were getting a shot, but when they got to the top the guns that they supposedly were shooting at them were gone. These heavy hundred and fifty millimeter artillery guns were gone. Eighty eight. They're gone, oh, where the fuck were they shooting from? Mm. So they've since discovered this English guy who bought some land right in between them. I remember the name of the town. Uh, have you heard of the Maisie battery? See, I'm Maisy, M A I S Y. It's it's rewriting the whole story of the Normandy okay. landings. So this guy bought this land uh, because he had bought. He was into his military, and he bought an old World War II uniform years ago. And in the top book pocket, he found a map. Right, Whoa. and the map was the Normandy beach landings. Right, Shut and in the up. middle of, and in the middle, see so of Utah there of Omaha there and right in the middle he had this shaded area with lines through it and it just said area of heavy defence. So this English guy said, fuck it, I'm going to go over and investigate this. And he pinpointed where it was. They, it was a forest. They started uncovering this forest and they found this 75 kilometre network of fucking tunnels mm-hmm. and bunkers. Never before seen. This is only recently, this is two years ago. And Josh Goes over, joins the investigation and they uncover these bunkers, Aidan. And they're going down to these bunkers. Like they're digging down and then they hit something and they start scraping away. And it goes, is that a wall? And they go, fuck no, it's a roof. Uh, Two days later, they've cleared an area of a 60 foot square roof. It's a building. Then they go down the sides. they, They know because of the previous ones they found which side the door should be on. And they pull open this and then you see a door and then they pull the door up and they go in and there's like 30 rooms there's like ammunition rooms it's staggering oh, they're finding like um, they were, the one last night he was, they're down in this dank fucking bunker and they found there was a machine gun in the side of the wall there was a machine gun mounting which was a defence thing but in the little cut out there was everything had been burnt right obviously they knew the game was fucking up this was part of Hitler's last stand this was the at what they call the Atlantic Wall mm-hmm. yeah and uh, everything was burnt. But they found sheets of music. Because these guys were living there. They were there for four fucking years. And then they go through these small rooms. And then he nearly stops. He finds a, a helmet. An SS helmet. Just sitting in the corner of the room. It's fucking wow. staggering. And this is living history. Like it's changing. What they have found out, this place called the Maisie Battery, mm. is changing uh, the story of the Normandy Beach landings in 2022 staggering isn't it that's amazing but you know get on it. it there's seven series of this and if you're into anything it does all the whole pirate stuff Lost Villages Lost Wars he does a whole ep- two featured episodes on the Bermuda Triangle mm. it's just he's brilliant this guy I don't know how I've never seen it before mm. but there's seven seasons of it mm. yards of it to get into yeah
1: it's a lot of good stuff in that so there you
2: go two for the price of one the question is why Groundbreaking new discoveries
3: suggest that the secrets of the old kingdom, the story of its rise and fall, are buried in an ancient necropolis called Saqqara. A vast graveyard with ornate tombs. Tombs that could hold precious artifacts and
1: priceless clues. Well, a daily and and a dollar short... Brian Lloyd is joining us in studio dollar Now short. I will Before you Was he a dollar short? He oh, wasn't you, late by the way No no Before you take your knickers off <laughs> And have a f- conniption <laughs> <laughs> You were a day early We were a day late Yes You were out, You were outside this studio 24 hours ago going, Yes
3: and in fact I would argue You were a dollar short And you were a dollar short I however We're going we're to
1: pay for this aren't we? Yeah, Literally yeah.
3: So Yeah yeah, yeah. We so are, there you go so. so like don't 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 well, be coming in here Daily and This is a good.
1: roundabout way Of getting to an apology On it's behalf of Me and my gum Mini My gum was the reason Mr. Yeah, MacApsis no, listen. listen Gents
3: You know what We're all professionals here These things happen <laughs> <laughs> These things happen, These things happen. Oh. It's it's, it's, what? it's The it's, loosest it's, term possible spilled milk Under the bridge Let's just
2: Let's, let's move on Yeah and let's not Mix a it mature relationship, relationship. We're moving on But I'm going to hold it And bottle it And give out to you later on Right what have we got Resentful um, the film I have for you this week Is Joyride Ah An
3: Irish mm. uh, Irish, Irish movie yeah Yeah Directed by Ema Reynolds Did either of you see the Should
1: film? I have an asterisk after If Simon's not in it Are you uh, Can say, you confirm Are you in or not in this can confirm As we sit here
2: The film being released I'm not in it I will say this, and I'm not being funny I don't know if acting right. now or not yeah.
3: <laughs> I do sometimes when I think it's not yourself i always just like I wonder if Simon's in it <laughs> you, Where's he going to turn up Where's he going to turn it oh, okay. walking just
2: of places
3: Is he walking by the screen there oh, He's there he is. got a Simon. Hitchcock-esque cameo it, in yeah. every It's in his contract There are record. a
2: couple of pals of mine in it though Lachlan Amara's in yeah. there and Olivia Colman. She's Olivia Coleman. Uh,
3: She's great though I mean, yeah. how?
2: what is it like? Is it good? Tell us the story.
3: So first. the story of it is, it's um, Olivia Coleman is this woman who's recently given birth. She's obviously, you know, in her mid 40s, let's say. It's never really kind of fully specified, but basically had an unplanned pregnancy. Is planning to give the baby to her sister while she is preparing to kind of gather up the baby in this taxi. This little lad, uh, Mully, uh, played by Charlie Reed, manages to steal the taxi. As yes, you do. That she was just about to get into She's conked out asleep in the back How old is this young fella? Oh, I want to say he's about 14, 15 Teenager, maybe. Okay. Yeah, teenager, yeah And then takes it on a ride. But of course, the woman's name is Joy Wow yes. Yes. Green light that one yeah. Yeah. it works mm. Yeah, you mm. got to make this movie that's the pitch yeah um, he is on the run because uh, he was at a fundraiser for his uh, mother and Lachlan O'Murin, uh is his father but is a bit shifty and basically has taken the fundraiser money for himself he's a bit of a shit a bit bit of a shit in the movie
2: not in real life I hasten to
3: add a bit of a shit and uh, then Charlie Reed steals the money from his father who was planning to just you know use it to spend it on greyhounds or whatever and then they basically go on this joyride around Kerry um, now like I said It's directed by Ema Reynolds She is primarily Known for doing Documentaries She did um, That in Linnet one mm-hmm. uh, From earlier From last year in fact And she did another one Called The This, Which was about The uh, the NASA Voyager Okay And um, Brilliant. The this was absolutely brilliant. It is honestly one of the best science documentaries I think I've ever seen. It is mm, really, okay. really, really... F- oh, no, no, it's fucking incredible.
1: It is so, so good. Four billion years from now, when our sun turns into a red giant, Voyager is still going to be trucking out there through the stars. We'll still be out there.
0: The chance that advanced intelligence beyond us would detect, oh, hey, there's a radiating body here. Coming into our area, let's go out and find out what this bottle in the ocean, what message it might have. To fill in a
3: documentary, definitely, you know, I mean, Thin Lizzie are just such a fucking integral part of Irish culture and Irish life or whatever. You know, to see it being done and being done in such such a unique and... uh, justified way I think was really really interesting okay so she's a
2: solid background in documentaries documentary maker, yeah. this is, is this, her first time making it f- so it's her debut feature
3: yeah you would call drama. it a debut, debut drama or whatever yeah there are big tonal shifts in this which I think are kind of a little bit hard to navigate and I kind of wonder as I was watching it would a director that had a bit more kind of mileage on them in terms of directing mm. drama and directing comedy might have been able to navigate a little bit better than she did? No, I don't know. I mean, like Olivia Colman, obviously extremely talented. You know, can take to wa- can take to comedy, or can take mm, to drama. Yeah. She's like she's
1: kind of acting royal. Well, not kind of. She's she acting royal. Oh no, one
3: hundred percent. I mean, go back to Peep Show and all that kind of stuff. Like mm. absolutely incredible. And then you look at her in The Favourite. You look at her in The Father. You look at her in anything she's done recently. The night manager on TV, for example... Anything
1: she, that has Den, The in the title. In The, yeah. yeah.
3: Just, I, just, I just cut that. But um, she likes those. I mean, who doesn't? Um, but yeah, she is more than capable of adapting herself to any kind of genre. And I think that's probably why she was cast in this, because she has the versatility to do both. I just wonder if a different director might have been able to handle those tonal shifts a bit more neatly, I guess. Um, Charlie Reed is very good in it Lachlan Lamura very good in it Kerry looks gorgeous I mean it really does look kind of lush and the way that she shoots it as well it really kind of captures this kind of natural but very kind of turned up like it's like the contrast has been turned up a little bit and everything's just that little bit more vivid which helps because the film goes into some for all of it being very funny and very witty and very sort of acerbic, um, it goes into some really, really fucking dark place. Does it? Okay. Yes. And you wouldn't think that. You yeah. wouldn't think that looking at it. In terms of topics it's dealing with? In terms of topics it's dealing with. and in terms Dysfunctional of families? That's- dysfunctional mm-hmm. families, the idea of motherhood, the idea that there are some unnatural mothers out there who just shouldn't have children in the first place. And that's a topic that she's done before and done very, very well. She did this film, I think it was last year, called The Lost Daughter. It's on Netflix. It was directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Check that out. Brilliant drama. She's amazing in it. This is like the lighter version of the same story, mm. if you know that kind of like. The idea of like, you know, just some women just shouldn't be mothers. like, mm. And it's just a thing of like, you know, women don't necessarily have to bind to the idea of yeah. being a mother or whatever. And what's
2: the central performance like, Olivia Colm? She good?
3: good, really, really good. Yeah, really, really She's good. She's one
2: of those actors now who... A is consistently working and B whose name if name her name is added to a project it gets green later. oh
3: yeah 100% and that's yeah. it I could totally like, it would not surprise me in the slightest if this was a script that was doing arounds, and then yeah. it landed on her desk and she picked it up and she was like yep I'm doing that and then it gets made and then the whole thing got turned up straight away because yeah. I mean uh, on the basis of her, I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Yeah, mm. yeah. you know, like I'd be like, Olivia Coleman, she's doing this, one hundred percent. I'm going to turn up mm. and watch. Of- and it's
1: in Ireland, which isn't, a- which is more to which a bit is- of interest to it as well. Sure,
3: yeah, more to it as well. I mean, like you know, it, it debuted at the Galway Film fly I mean, obviously now she's at such a a, a a point in her career that you know she can aff- she can quite happily go off and do a small little indie drama like this, and then she can go off and do some big huge you Know Oscar bait massive drama, kind of thing, and mm. she'll never be the worst wear for it, like you know. Um, and how did it get down to Calby? Was it well received? Uh, yeah, so I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to say it, was, it had its world premiere there, like All so. Right, yeah, okay. but um, yeah, I mean, it's I can see this, <clears throat> I could see you know, audiences coming out of this and maybe being a little bit perplexed by it because again, mm. it's just it is it 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 cuts so cleanly from comedy to. Very, very stark drama. Mm. Literally in the blink of an eye. And it can be a little bit hard to take. But, I mean, the performances are so good and look so good. Good. I think people will kind of be interested. So let's
2: rate it then. Because it sounds all right, doesn't it? it. How many segments of Terry's Chocolate Orange is it getting?
3: I would give it... uh, Every time with this. um, (laughs) I'm always trying to do maths. Oh, okay, So 15 out of 20, which would be 3 out of 5.
1: Which would be 75%. 75% 75% we're all looking at each other going, I don't know. Know. I okay don't maths. Know. hang on yeah. C- cards mm. on the table what did you get in your leaving cert maths i'll start i did pass maths in the what do you think you do before the real thing the mock, the mock mock i failed it i failed pass maths and then i scraped a d2 in in the leaving cert the real thing so i'm shit at maths so yeah. Don't be looking to me To work out any even Fractions I or equations or. that
2: fucking long ago it was in the Well it wasn't even the leavens there Was no.
1: it? But... We did it with a quill and
2: ink um, <laughs> I can't remember Okay That's what made a blind bit of difference Except I don't know What 15 or 20 is As a percentage <laughs> Johnny he's looking at us Like a dog Trying to open a box of cards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, Right It's 15 times better Than Downton Abbey Well I mean look time, like, We're still going back To Downton Abbey like,
1: Jesus, and For those like, who didn't know We are know, getting such mileage
3: out of that. we We're getting such Such mileage We've got one it oh one. it did get one It okay. got one regurgitated
1: Oh yeah You, sw- you swallowed it And vomited it back up sp- Spat it back yeah. up yeah. Beautiful okay. yeah. So
2: that's 15 out of 20 That's a good score. For Joyride An Irish movie Irish director Predominantly Irish cast Shot in Ireland Post production in Ireland Ireland is great Ireland. We love Ireland hey.
1: Ireland Inc Rubber stamped
0: She doesn't want me Molly She won't even take a bottle from me You just think that She doesn't want you he will keep using you until you're spent. At least my dad wants to keep me. I haven't decided anything yet. What do you want me to
1: do, Molly? Stop promising things.
2: Good on you. What else did you go and
3: see this week? The other one I got to see was <clears throat> DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> wow. You know what?
1: Is that
2: finally out? Because I haven't slept for the last three no, months. Up until you about said it. pets.
1: I was going, oh, here we go. More of this DC. So I know. This is I mean, but then you say pets. I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, I'm not really great with people. Probably because of my traumatic puppyhood as a child my family was taken from me as a puppy i was taken from my family so i steeled
0: myself my emotions always check no, no one any ever getting past, past my impenetrable, impenetrable
2: defense.
3: defenses yeah see that's it i mean who among <laughs> us who among us hasn't you know woken up in the middle of the night staring at the ceiling wondering what would a film of superhero pets? Let be me like? guess:
2: is the baddie a cat and the goodie a dog? Close.
3: The the body is a guinea pig.
1: Oh, yeah. swiney guinea pigs. Oh, damn guinea pigs! And is he overweight? And does he have a kind of a, a no,
3: rough accent? No, actually, it's it's a a, a female act female actor whose name I have completely forgotten. See, here's the thing about DC League of Super Pets: I have never seen a film.
0: <laughs> here's the
3: thing. <laughs> Here is the thing: I have never seen a film. So clearly cocked up in, like, uh, a border like, like meeting. they cocked their leg?
1: Cocked up. Yeah, this then... stars The Rock, by the way.
3: Yeah. The Rock plays... Kevin Crypto- Hart. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne the John... Reeves! Ke- what Whoa! the... I'm getting John Krasinski. Yeah, Shut up. Simon, would you let me get to this? I'm trying to get the girl's name Kate McKinnon. Yes. Oh,
1: there right. you go. Kate You're McKinnon. Welcome. She plays... I, um, I was only trying to
3: help you out. Yeah, no, dead. no, no. Thank I'm you. The thank the you. Thank you. Yes, it was Kate oh, McKinnon. Hang
1: on. Okay, so this is A-list voicing the characters Correct. of various domestic that, pets in other words
3: yes and that's the whole thing about it what I mean by that when I say uh, cocked up or cooked up rather because <laughs> um, cocked up like a dog because when a dog cocks oh, up their oh very good yeah these, they're about to up, yeah. You see what I'm see, see what it did right, here's, one, a,
2: here's yeah. a quiz for you right go on you've seen this so you're probably at an advantage sure who played Superman I'm giving you the names who do you think played Superman
1: in DC yeah. Marvel of Pets Superman yeah who yeah. voiced that <laughs>
2: Incorrect John Kwasinski mm. Who played Bruce Wayne Well now you've just named A bunch yeah, of people Is who, it these Who who Yeah Kevin Hart No Keanu Reeves uh, Who played uh, Crypto Crypto Who used to work In an off license of English Colin Farrell <laughs> The Rock <laughs> now, Is it Muck
3: No No It's, it's not ah. It's actually not It's actually not Muck at all This is the thing Like The cast of it is like I say, it is absolutely a list, and I think parents will probably get something out of it in the sense of like when they're actually watching it, they can sleep. No, no, well they can sleep, but then they're like, I know that voice. Who's that voice? Kind of thing, and they're like rolling through their head trying to figure out who it is. And some of the jokes do work better for the parents probably than they do for the kids. The kids will enjoy it because it's pets and they have superhero powers and they're flying around Metropolis getting into loads of scrapes and it's very, very slapstick. And on top of that, it's like 90 minutes. So like, it is just perfectly packaged for parents and kids alike. Um, It is funny. I mean, despite my best efforts, I did laugh and chuckle quite a bit at Mm. it. Like, there's a bit in it when... um what do you call it Kevin Hart uh, who's like Batman's dog Ace, Ace he, just, yeah. he just like pees on this statue of like Superman for ages and just makes a point of peeing on it like right. I laughed well, I don't know why yeah. I laughed but I, I think laughed. that
2: says more about you than the movie really, Oh well, I'll, so. laugh <laughs>
3: I'll laugh at anything <laughs> <laughs> I'll laugh at anything you think
2: of the budget for this thing I mean yeah. so
3: no, I would say in, you know in saying that like <clears throat> when you're listening to it you just know right well it's like first take boom done right mm. out you get on you go. I'm ready bruise. for
2: you now, Mr. Krusty. And the cars. has Yeah, gone. that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's literally it. It's like, hey. hey. <laughs> 10 lines. Hey, 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 And I'm gone.
1: All right, you Poindexters. Let's get this right. One. Hey, hey, kids. I'm talking Krusty. Two. Hey, hey, here comes Slideshow Mel. Again. Here comes Sideshow Mel. Sideshow Mel. Three. Bada by bada boom. I'm done. Learn from a professional kid.
2: Okay, Krusty. Uh, we are ready to roll. Any...
3: Uh, that's it that's literally how this ragged, thing was yeah ragged. you just know it right well and throw the character I remember I, it
2: I remember years ago working with Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live oh yeah and he was just after being cast in the Monsters Inc. sequel wow yeah. hey? and uh, I said who are you playing he said well I've been told the name of the character but that's all I know I said well what's the script like he said we haven't been shown the script and then while we were filming he got a call to say uh, that they were sending pages like, oh, great, email. No, no, they're not emailing to you. They were sending pages by escorts and he was uh, to meet in a certain hotel in a certain room and these guys came in from Pixar's, mm. they, with the briefcase. Literally with a briefcase and they stood over his shoulder while he read it and they put it back in the briefcase and left the room. That's how he was mm. introduced to the character. Yeah, Just that scene, wasn't even the script. The pages you were going to be reading, that's them. You finished? Okay. See
1: you in the studio. And then the men in black raise your brain and leave that the room. Oh, yeah.
3: no, they do. Like I mean, I've heard, I've heard all sorts of like for Star Wars. Apparently, they um, when they were leaving, when any of the cast were leaving their their trailer in costume, they had to wear these basically like a big giant black bag when they walked out from. So their trailer. So they weren't taking it the, with them. No, because so no one would take pictures of it. Oh, that was the whole thing, yeah. They literally just had to wear these big, huge, like black, like shawls on them, and then as soon as you got to rip it out, do the thing. Their papers were uh, all. They they uh, they only ever got their sides, which was like their, well, yeah, what yeah. they well, what they are saying. Their names were all changed as well. So that was like, that,
1: that's what it's called. Your lines
2: are called your your sides. You get it's like it's like an A five miniature set of the of so for the it was a scene of, between you and Brian, you'd only get your bit of it when you arrive and set that day. at the sides, which are the scenes you're shooting that day. Okay, yeah, gotcha. and they're the little small a five, and you carry them on you. But I've got, it's gone that way now even in mm. terms of auditioning. Like I'm signing NDAs just to audition now. I've, and I've, you have watermarked sides that are emailed to you. Yeah, and even at that as well, like I've heard, of, like
3: <clears throat> what's becoming more common now is is that if, if the director or if the producers have a film in mind that this film is going to be kind of like emulating, they'll actually get you to do a scene from that film that's rather true, than right. yeah, we, the actual movie. Yeah, rather that's something I've movie. come
2: across the last couple of years when you're auditioning, when you're self-taping, you're, you're reading a dummy script. Yeah. What about Disappearing
1: Ink? Yeah. I know
3: the it's the, the special. Like, Remember that I mean, pen you that was could a buy great
1: movie. Movie. when you were a yeah. kid when you wanted to be but a spy? then you have to
3: light it underneath to, to get the thing. Yeah, yeah. You do know that with piss as well. Yeah, that's, well, yeah
1: lemon juice, yeah. Piss yeah. or lemon juice yeah that will do thing yeah. really yeah is, is piss a substitute for lemon juice next time I'm making fish what i
2: mean yeah wow. how, how just, have we
1: got from DC Marvel let's, Super Pets to is lemon the
2: same as piss <laughs> What other <laughs> podcast in the world would you get this quality of content? Oh, wow <laughs> You've always wanted to do reviews like this. To start oh, with. listen. Where does it muck? <laughs> freewheeling. Freewheeling. That's it. Many freewheeling. Uh, segments does this cat.
3: Same. 15 out of 15 20. 15 out of 20. No, like, I mean, look. Right. I'm not... I can't sit here and give out to it and say, oh, well, it should be... You laughed. It entertained you. That's it. Yeah.
1: That's
3: all. I mean, like... the And thing sometimes
1: of it, we don't have to be cynical about these things. Though. No.
3: And, like, quite, like I, I... You know... Roger Ebert, the great critic Roger Ebert said, you should take a film as it's intended, not as it should be.
1: Ah. Or as he wanted to be. Or as you wanted
3: to be. Yes. And therefore, if DC Super. DC, yeah. DC League the of title, Super Pets. They? Jesus yeah. Christ, that is such a mouthful. DC League of Super Pets is just trying to be a
2: very entertaining family comedy you know animation. What? They've and probably what? already done the sequel. I'd say so. And come Christmas, we'll all be like little aces. yeah, cock their leg and we on Batman. Superman, he weighs, he weighs in Superman, he weighs the superman. Thank you, excellent. Um, why are we have here,
1: Brian, I wanted to take a deep dive into something. Mm. Adaptations, we were talking about uh, where the crawdads sing, mm. and you gave us a, a brilliant review of that the other week. And about did you any go see it? No, no, it's no. been a busy week, but no, yeah, on right. the list, mm. yeah, no, I, I like the story, but uh, that came from a book, and you yeah. told us about the the comparisons and, and how it held up against the book. We've mean Simon, we're chatting about other, it's as long as a piece of string films that have been adapted from books and the ones that worked and the ones that yeah. didn't and the ones that are more faithful to it. Are
2: there more cases of ones that didn't, do we think?
1: I don't know. You know, people know. Have read the book well, and that, That's I only applicable if you've read the book and quite often it's yeah. the case that if you've read a book that you've enjoyed and it is being made into a movie or has been made into a movie you'd be um, nervous about yeah. watching the movie because you fall in love with a good book yeah. and with how you've imagined it I visually know- and otherwise and then so to see it recreated in film it can be very different. Uh, the text can be very sure, different, obviously, yeah. but just your own concept of it.
3: Oh, but even in that, I mean, yeah, that's all very true. And also as well, I would argue that, like, for some films, or sorry, from some, for some books, rather, they're just too dense to turn it into a film. And that's films. what you
2: said about Crawdaddy, yeah.
3: Where the Crawdad sing. But also, like, another one that I always go to for something like this is, is um, The Name of the Rose.
0: Laughter is a devilish wind. Which deforms uh, the lineaments of the face and makes men look like monkeys. Monkeys do not laugh. Laughter is
2: particular to man.
3: Oh, Remember that? Yeah, yeah. with The one that's set in the monastery with Christian Slater and that's Sean Connery. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The book is incredible. The book is amazing. Yeah. The film is shit. Oh. And the reason the film is shit is because the book is too fucking dense to turn into a film now is uh, that the
2: movie where Sean Connery played a Scottish guy <laughs> <laughs> come That'll on be his entire career <laughs> yay!
1: yay there we
2: go Um but <laughs> so that was shiny it was
3: too big of a book it was too big of a book like the book had like just the book is really
2: dense but really really
3: good and really kind of like
2: uh, but in I, but in this day and age, the same question sounds. I like ask about the. Uh, no, I know what you're going to say. Can we not can turn it into a TV, TV series? series?
3: Yes, and that's it. There was a TV series done of it with John Turturro.
2: That's right. Playing yeah. the role of Sean Connery. Much betterer.
3: Much better. Was
2: he Scottish in it as well? No, that's probably <laughs> why it works then.
3: But like, I mean, whether I mean, look, whether he was Scottish, not Scottish, or whatever. I mean, I'll put it to you this way: I was reading the book. Because I had seen the film and I was like, okay, I can see that there was something good here. but And then I went out and read yeah, the book, yeah. and the book was brilliant. Yeah. And then as I was reading the book, I was imagining Sean Connery in the scenes from the book thinking, oh God, this would be so much better if they yeah, did it yeah. this way or if he did the TV yeah, show, whatever. Yeah. But um, I haven't watched the TV series, but everyone who has seen it said it's way better. And can the you give us um,
2: any other examples of where it's worked, yeah. do you think?
3: Yeah, loads. Uh, LA Confidential.
0: Rollo Tomasi. Is there more to that, or am I supposed to guess? Rollo was a purse snatcher. My father ran into him off duty. And he shot my father six times and got away clean.
3: The book, L.A. Confidential, if either of you is. I wasn't mad about the movie, but
2: then that's just me.
1: That's just me. Don't... Really? do Okay. Yeah. The
3: book yeah. is... Uh, is it James Elroy? James Elroy, yeah. yeah. Um, the book is... When I say twisted, I mean twisted. Wow. Like... Really, really violent, ridiculously dark. I mean, there is some seriously messed up shit in that wow. book. Like, there were moments in it where I was like, "Whoa!" Mm. And then, like, they, and as I was reading, it, it was like, I totally get why they left that out of the film because there's just no way that would have made it into any. But
2: film. did you get it? Were you happy enough with the movie then, in terms of its? I,
3: and this is my point: is is that there are some films that okay, it's enough to take the characters, enough to take the bones of the story, and then go put something else on top of it you don't and need to
2: do it page by page no
3: and that's where, where the Crawdad thing fell down I think because it tried to just copy as much as but it can from the book Control. it but do the you
2: screen. find I wonder and I'm spitballing here but yeah. is, is the problem is the reason that some of them don't work because the author isn't involved in the writing of the screenplay often a book will be written the rights are bought and it's given to X, Y and Z to write the screenplay like surely if I was a movie producer and I bought the rights to a book I would want if not the author to write it to at least let them have a pass yeah. at the first draft well, or
1: notes on the first then sure is it now do. the point to get our weekly reference in for the offer exactly because that's a case in point there where Mario yeah. Puzo who wrote The Godfather yeah. Yeah. then was kept on to write the screenplay yeah. and he was only kept on Coppola. because
2: Coppola insisted on it because yeah. the studio didn't want him mm-hmm. on it yeah. Yeah. they wanted to hand it off and to someone and is that a, a good
1: group. example where it was an amazing book and a bestseller, yeah. and then the movie turns out to be a, yeah. a modern masterpiece. Yeah, but think yeah.
2: about it; it took nearly, it took three movies to yeah. tell the story of the book.
1: Yeah, like and when they finished the yeah.
2: Godfather, they went, "Well, we're not actually done yet." You gotta do the sequel. And it's interesting as well, because usually like the, the sort of the conventional
3: wisdom from an author adapting a screenplay is is that they're gonna to be too close to the story.
2: Yeah, but who and knows this, the story best? I know as an actor on a set, if there's ever a problem with a line of dialogue, if the fucking writer's on set, I'll walk over it's him like, I'm going mm, to mm, yeah. or I'm going to. Guess you'll chat to the director. But I'll give you an
3: example and I don't I haven't watched the offer yet, but i would be curious to know if You haven't was, watched the offer. Let me Right. On, you yeah, should get, have said that, Brian. You shouldn't should have admitted yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm but, i mean, I read the book and I read, I've seen the film fuck on no, so many yeah, times. Yeah, So, have you read the book? No. Have you the read it? Godfather, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. So, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. The whole subplot where you're one. It's. It's nuts. Yeah, but did they cover it in the the offer? No. Okay, it's so not even mentioned.
1: The subplot with your one that would have been a great title of one of the episodes right. in the
2: Godfather. The subplot
1: with your one. so
3: I'll explain what this subplot is, and this is, and I swear to God, I am not making this up. This is an actual subplot in the Godfather. Um, do you know at the start in the wedding when James Khan is having an affair with the, one of the brides? He's up in the bathroom. He's up in the bathroom having relations whatever. with the bridesmaid. So, and again, I'm I'm not making this up, right? in the in the uh, in the book there is an entire subplot about she has a massive vagina and it's so big and she like basically can't get satisfied by anyone else except Santino Corleone because Santino Corleone is, is hung like a baby's arm clutching an apple. Wow.
2: And wow. she Wowzers. gets... Re- again. Where will you get that kind of content? But it's Anywhere true, else? though. The man's hung like a selfie stick. Excellent. Carry on. So, yeah, that wouldn't be great. That'd be a bit
1: skinny, though. No? It might be long, but...
3: <laughs> OK, let's move on. But there's an entire I. I and John's laughing I swear John, I'm not making John
1: this John wanted a serious discussions <laughs> about book adaptations and John's just going edit point edit point edit point
2: is, but, but funny enough it wasn't in the movie and this is it and again this is my funny enough and that's your point though it my, doesn't have to be and this is and it it still
3: because works it still works but I'm saying in normal circumstances I swear this is real We're the this, kind of this is totally true this is totally as true a, as a plot line in the in the an author adapting a screenplay if he's like, oh, that—that's the whole, that, you know, that's so. We gotta funny. have
1: the big vagina. Yeah, that's but they it. fight
2: for that. But any writer will do that. They'll fight for certain. Sure, but notes my point is, is that there it doesn't have to be there. Sure, but I mean, anyone
3: who's written a book, be it mm. a short story, be it a mm. full-length novel, they will mm. tell you, I've poured my entire life into this. Yeah, I'm not cutting anything out of this. Fuck yeah. you, we're putting the big vagina in. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I, I. I think it, 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 Mario Puzo is the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. That's what there's I there's One, did. Good one that I have good point, was good
2: point, well made. Uh, was an Oscar-winning movie, and it won best screenplay. Was One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I remember yes. reading the book, oh, yeah. and I, I only read it because we were doing the play at the time, and I wanted to mm. do my research do my work yeah. and, and dive into the character. Yeah. And and I was going on holiday, and I said I'll buy a buke for the holidays. Right, and should, so Ken Kesey wrote the book, and uh, it's totally different to the film in terms of it's written from the chief's point yeah. of view, whereas the movie is more from Mac Murphy's point of view, yada yada. But I remember reading the book. I remember. I can still remember where I was, I was sitting on the balcony of this apartment in Greece and a certain character in the movie dies, right? Charlie Cheswick, who in the movie, you remember, was one of the inmates, the poker inmates, with the little round glasses, real gentle. soul. Yeah. Charlie Cheswick. If uh, Billy doesn't feel like uh, talking, I mean, uh, why are you pressing him? Why why can't we go on to some new business, huh? The business of this meeting, Mister Cheswick, is therapy. And in the book, he they bring him for they bring them for their swim one of their daily or weekly swims, and he's sitting at the edge of the pool, and he just dives into the pool, and he goes to the bottom, and he holds onto the grate at the bottom of the pool, and kills himself. Mm, well. And I remember being holy fuck. And then I read the play because we're reading the play. Mm. That's not in there. Watch the movie; it's not in there. Mm. That character doesn't kill himself he stayed yeah. there right until the end but it didn't make any odds mm.
1: yeah it didn't make any odds at all and I'm sure maybe like we're in the process <clears> of adapting <throat> a, a book into a screenplay you probably explore certain storylines yeah, yeah. lines, and just and you take it as far as you can go it just doesn't work or it doesn't fit with everything else or there's too much other stuff to try and tell so you have to cut and trim and uh, of of course, course, sculpt course, the thing yes. and it like goes. that's
3: why you would say LA Confidential is a really good example of an adapted screenplay because it T- basically took the bones of the of the story and put it on screen, and then put it on screen. Right, go to the other end
2: then. Ones that didn't work, like mm. John mentioned earlier on in our extensive three-hour pre-production meeting.
1: It was three. It was actually three hours and, and thirty and seconds 10. before we went
2: live. Uh, the great Gatsby, like, there's yeah. been seventy-nine versions of that. Is there a good one?
3: I mean, I would argue. Like, the okay, recent I liked one. Last, I liked he liked the last one, yeah. I did too, in fairness. And, yeah. like, to be fair, like, one thing I will say about Earl Baz is, is that Earl he oh. is like, he might be a bit of a pain in the hole, uh. but like, <laughs> do any of us know him? Well, like, in the se- The way that he's so kind of over the t- in the sense that like, he's, oh, so, he's so, over-
1: so visually avant garde, yeah, and he's aster. so over the top, and it's an so auteur.
3: awesome. Yes, that's my point. And I think something like the Great Gatsby needs Lends somebody itself to that. Yes. Correct, correct. Amanda.
2: Okay, I'll give you that. Okay.
1: What is your opinion of me anyhow? My opinion. Yes, yes, your opinion. I don't want you to get the wrong impression from all these from all these bizarre accusations you must be hearing. A pack of lies, I guarantee. You you've, you've heard the story. Oh well I will tell you God's truth. God's truth about myself. I'm a son of some very wealthy people from the Middle West. Sadly, all of them are dead now.
2: Uh, Any other cack ones What about, like How many well, more uh, versions Of Jane Eyre Do we Jay's name? Jane
1: Eyre I have a strange feeling With regard to you As if I had a string Somewhere under my left ribs
2: Tightly knotted To a similar string in you
1: Well like I mean Jane Austen you know I mean? Jane Eyre That was kind I of I don't know One of them James. Mr Darcy Yeah that's, yeah,
2: Jane that's, that's
1: Pride
3: and Prejudice
2: Correct Mr Darcy Well don't is a quiz by the way Jane Eyre is, is His thingy yeah. Heathcliff, no that's Water and Heights That's Water and Heights, that's Kate Bush, that's Stranger Things Yes,
1: no that's Running up that hill <laughs> what, what about the, the notebook Wasn't that based on a book? Yeah, Nicholas Sparks yeah. You're reaching, you're reaching Okay, let's go to some of the Stephen King ones then Oh worked yeah, in the Misery work. Everybody talks like that They do not What do you think I say when I go to the feed store in town? Oh, now, Wally, give me a bag of that effing pig feed and ten pounds of that bitchly cow corn. And in the bank do I tell Mrs. Bollinger, oh, here's one big bastard
0: of a cheque. Give me some of your Christing money.
1: There, look there. See what you made me do? Fantastic. Marvelous. Fantastic. We'll just shout one out and you shout out your first word. uh, Shawshank Redemption.
3: No, I never read the novella. But I did read Oh, I want to go back to Misery. Can we okay. go back yeah, to yeah. Misery? Right. Is, yeah. Now, I feel that Misery, the book, is way more scary than misery the film. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and I'll tell you why, because I felt reading Misery the book, Annie Wilkes was just way more unhinged. Way more like an actual completely deranged psychopath. Well,
2: you've got to think that and that. I think it's Cathy Bates. Yeah, mm. well, Cathy Bates would have been you see Kathy Bates was dealing with the script. Yeah. Not the book. Of course. Now she would have taken character notes from the book. Sure. And also, who directed Misery? Do we Rob know? Reiner. Correct. Again, you you're flying here. Yeah. That's two out of two. Um it so she would have discussed And it was written by William Goldman as well. i have just checked that now. Yeah. Yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> well any, done. Computer says yes. And computer says yeah. Although I'm not connected to the internet, so I can't really confirm it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm just playing it. Well, it look, looked at work. It's just a it's like, yeah, I was going to say, playing playing we're it. seeing yeah. the craft at work. I'm here. playing yeah, Candy Crush
2: You guys thought it was Googling. Yeah, so Candy her base. performance would have been based on discussions with the director. Sure, yeah. So, you know, as to what level. Of, yeah. And they were dealing with the material that they were working with, which was the script. Yeah. So you think that in the adaptation, they could have pushed the envelope a bit? No! More? That's my point. I actually think,
3: you know, the fact that less is more is often better. Like because when you do finally, finally see her go mental in the end, yeah, and like, you know, that whole big scene when like they're trying to kill each other in the thing, I think that works because it's been simmering.
2: Yeah. To that, could, and I, like, could I throw in? Uh, maybe it's controversial, but possibly James Cann's second finest performance. Yes, but what is his first? I think The Godfather. I think Thief. Where is my end? You can't see day for night i can see my money is still in your pocket which is from the yield of my labor what gratitude you're making big profits from my work my risk my sweat but that is okay because i elected it to make that deal but now the deal is over i want my end and i am out have you ever seen Thief? You can think Thief if you like no. I don't think I have actually You would fucking love it Right he's, he's giving you, you out he's, a pair, actually, he's wagging the thief. finger Even
3: giving me the He's yeah, giving no, me the signal too no, Ta- man. Michael, Michael man, Michael man. Yeah. Oh right Yeah the Perry oh, right, Come back on. here tomorrow or next <clears throat> week and have watched Thief. No, seriously, right? I am googling it now, actually. Yeah. Thief. So uh Michael Mann's first film, uh, Hot Off a of Miami Vice. Wow. Uh okay. James Cann said it was his favourite film to do, and he thinks it's his best performance. Yeah, you I'm... should. You will
1: love
2: it. Alright, I'm on that. What where, where on would I, it. Would it be? Netflix would I'll I I find out.
1: Back to the Stephen King yeah, yeah, what about this then. <laughs> it <laughs> Hi Georgie. What a nice boat. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. You look like a nice boy. I bet you have a lot of friends.
2: Three of my brothers, my best, best. Where's he? In bed. Sick.
0: I bet I could cheer him up.
2: I'll give him a balloon.
3: No, did either <clears> of <throat> you read it, the book?
2: No.
1: No. Yeah, yeah I have it. a friend who's read every Stephen King. Uh, right. Better work, and so, would often compare and contrast. And often the case, the books are always better.
0: Yeah, but uh, they kind of downplay There's other kind of abuse elements in the book Yes, that I recall kind of child abuse. Yes, a lot of that's maybe put away. So sorry. he's getting a yes. big thumbs
2: up then, Stephen King. He's had more yeses than no. Oh
0: yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and
2: I think I think when you read his books,
3: they
0: do. Okay,
2: here's then. What what book have you read over the last twenty years that should
1: be getting read? Ooh. Oh no, I, I put my hand up before you finish the sentence. I have read a book once and it was turned into a film and the book I absolutely adored. is a true story about uh, an American Olympian who fought in World War II and became a POW and was captured and uh, spent a harrowing number of years in, in a Japanese hellhole was being that? tortured. The- and it was made into the film called Unbroken. Yes. Which starred Jack O'Connell Unbroken. and yeah, Donald yeah, yeah. Gleeson. And for years, they were trying to get it off the ground because the story, the true story about this guy, <clears throat> Louis Zamperini, who had uh, represented the States as a uh, a runner in the Olympics and then gets drafted into the war and gets shot down. This story is just so fucked up and so unbelievable. It's hard it beggars belief that it's true that the brutality of what he suffered and well, brilliant. the fact he survived and then <clears throat> his whole aftermath and years of uh, alcoholism and depression but then ultimately finding God which none of this was explored in the movie it just kind of ends when he gets rescued escapes the thing but yeah. it's, it's the aftermath which was uh, very interesting and quite dark and troubling and then he finds God and through that he finds forgiveness for his captors particularly this one guy who was called The Bird who was just a fucking evil son of a bitch and the <clears> book <throat> is just phenomenal and it's a big ass book mm. and the the movie was being passed around to various different directors and writers and they were just like it's too much you can't do it mm. and then Angelina Jolie took it on and made a decent effort mm. at trying to tell this story Difficulty, like if you've read the book the film will always come up short oh, I don't course, think anyone yeah. could have made done yeah. justice to the book truly um so like the films, uh, and then you've seen the film but mm. you haven't read the book. So what do you think of the <clears throat> film? Is? I thought the film was a bit trite, yeah, to be honest. Yeah.
3: Like it's like you can tell that there's a bigger story there that they're just not they're
0: they're choosing to in and focus on. And
3: it. that's fine. I mean, you have to do it up for something <clears throat> like this. But at the same time, like it, it, it felt to me like uh, like I, obviously it is a true story. Mm. Obviously it is you know a very very harrowing story, or whatever. I was watching, I was like, I've seen this before. And I mean, mm. it's so Oscar bait. It was so clearly trying to be like, you know, triumphant. And was adversity. that her first feature? No, that was her <clears throat> second feature. Right, okay. She did some really small art house thing, I think like in the 90s or something like so that. So, what
2: have you read that you'd like to see on the screen, big uh, or small?
3: Uh, one, I think you now, because I'm a, I'm a fecker for kind of World War Two stuff um, oh man, aren't um, we all aren't we all there was a book by uh, <clears throat> C.S. Forrester called The Ship um, which was basically about the um, assault uh, the siege of Malta basically in World War Two. and this is the guy who, who he wrote like The African Queen Humphrey wow. Bogart more recently remember that one Greyhound with Tom Hanks yeah good yeah. movie mm-hmm great movie. movie it's on Apple TV mm-hmm. yes
1: made for by Apple TV or yes. for Apple TV uh, it
3: was no it was meant to go into the cinemas and I think then Sony uh, Pictures sold it to Apple TV which or. was
1: all during Covid and yeah. that, I think kind of condensed their budget somewhat yeah have you seen it Simon
3: no I don't
2: think yeah, so it's, it's a terrific. cracker yeah. real good yeah. like
3: ship war film kind of stuff oh, like yeah. it. it's yeah. about the
1: you know bringing all the, the various goods across from the states to uh, to help the war effort in Europe wow. bringing uh, planes vehicles yeah. and like the treacherous crossing in in the those Atlantic
2: per, uh, temporary bridges across the channel.
3: No, and all no, that kind no, of no, stuff. as in like going from literally for crossing the Atlantic. You see, there was basically, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
1: it is just like running at, fucking at oh, full speed, yeah, they, and okay. all the, the U boats hunting them, oh, wow. yeah, the wolf the, packs, the wolf packs, yeah. <clears throat> basically,
3: there was this, uh, in uh, and that film was called, the, or the book rather, was called The Good Shepherd, brilliant, yeah. Um, there was basically this patch where the planes from the RAF couldn't couldn't fly out to reach and the planes from the American Air Force couldn't out to reach. So, so there was a basic, middle ground. There Jesus. was a middle ground basically right. where they Explosive. were basically
1: exposed and left And the themselves. wolf packs were waiting for them. And
3: the wolf packs were yeah.
1: waiting for them. And like city. The, the stats, the percentage rate of, of not making it was it was like, Yeah, was insane. Like, yeah, it was
3: insane. They were
1: basically all yeah. being sunk. Picked off.
3: Uh, yeah, picked off one by one. And it's a real film of like, who's going to survive? Yeah. Who's going to survive?
1: Love who's going to survive? And it's true. And it's a true story That Love was it. a true story It's basically like Remember you played Bulldogs When you were a kid Yeah But with yeah. Nazis in boats And they can kill you He's right I mean that's And good. it's on the water And not on a field And it's the so end of the tense
3: road. If you remember Bulldogs yeah. When you were a kid like, People used to kill each other with them. I, I lost
2: my front tooth Playing Bulldog she said you wouldn't say You lost your <laughs> <friend>. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the way you I, I lost know. my you lost my front friend. tooth Head first Into a wall <laughs> Wallop oh.
1: Thank you
2: yeah. Oh. yeah So you think the Nazis Had a heart <laughs> I'm going to try and play bulldog in a schoolyard in Edenmore.
1: And who paid for the new tooth? No one. I was swizzled to replace <laughs> the sport.
3: Yes, I lost
2: the front tooth. Afraid can't could look. I didn't know you were from Edenmore. Yeah. My dad's from Rohini. My dad's from Springdale Road. See, I knew I liked you for a reason. See? Our the whole fa- f- our whole family are all of Rohini. The north side, massive. They're
1: now doing anyway, gang signs we got from
2: to each there other, to, folks. Uh, Right, back on track. And the book, the book that you want to see get made—is oh yeah, the, the ship, ship,
3: the ship. Yeah, and it's <clears> basically <throat> about the siege of Malta, and it's all about this one ship. And it's why
2: don't you write
3: it? I think they've been done before. See, this is it. I think it's I a very like, write a better one. I mean, I don't—I don't think I could write a better than the book. See, that's the thing. I, as I'm reading the book, it's really, really vivid. It does that thing of like it goes through the different cruises in like you know the gun crews, and then it goes up to the bridge, that's and then It's going
2: to end up as a TV series.
3: I mean, that's it. I I would watch it as a TV series. Like, one episode covers each different individual uh, deck of the crew or deck of the ship. I'd watch that. Like, and it's even, what's interesting about the ship that I love, and I think this is something that Band of Brothers has kind of, not necessarily ruined, but like, the ship makes a really good point of like, the people who are fighting it uh, for, you know, for the, either for the, for the Allies. Some of them were complete bastards. Absolutely. They were like, we're gonna fucking kill these Nazis because they deserve to die. Like they literally like we're going to kill them. Like, and like the people in the gun crew were literally like writing like fuck you, Hitler, on the side of their shells when they were blasting it. And they're like, when there's people in the like the Nazis are in the water, like trying to get out, they're literally like aiming their guns to kill them all. Like it's very like the ship is very like what if Inglorious Bastards, but on the sea kind of thing. Okay. Oh wow. okay. Yeah, Very
1: good. Very good. Well I can give you one that, that I've been reading and it's, it's a huge series of books. Sadly there'll be no more because the author Philip Kerr died but it's that of Bernie Gunther who's a 1930s Berlin detective. Well the series jumps around but it primarily spans the 30s and the 40s. And he's kind of like this very much uh, Philip Marlowe type. And he's
2: never been committed to...
1: No, but Tom Hanks has been involved with it for many years because he's read the books. He's a huge fan of them. Ah. And they've they've been trying to make this the Bernie Gunter series with him to play him well some way involved whether it be exec producer no funny
2: I
3: should say that have you watched Babylon Berlin
1: yeah a oh, huge fan yeah oh, it's huge so good fan. isn't it it's, isn't so, it's good. So, good. I'm so good just hanging out for season 4 yeah, yeah. same because yeah, it was well, like why have I never f- heard of that sky, you'd love it. sky 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 Atlantic what's it called Babylon Berlin set in the 20s it's a detective series oh, in, in Berlin in the 20s
3: about the right, and like it's about basically like charting like the rise of Nazism communism oh, okay. yeah, I mean, fascism I mean, then you have
1: the, the Wall Street crash it's really good um, really stylish but like good yeah good. and you'll recognise they're German actors but you'll recognise them. Yeah, they're in really, all other German yeah. big productions ha, what's it called? Babylon, Babylon Berlin, Berlin. right I mean so we got a recommendation of that too. so good
2: Brian An education as always Danke and at schön. times it was entertaining
1: <laughs> Danke schön. Danke and schön. you gave us some real real good visuals I you did, do. yeah. Thank you for that.
3: I, I didn't write the the Godfather. Well, that I'm thing not, was in it. Yes, that's not my fault. That thing uh, was in it. Uh, yeah. Hey!
2: hey! <laughs> I have a problem, and I want to find out
1: if it is my problem or your problem. Joe, your business is your business. I have no interest or percentages from it. I'm out.
2: Good, and it's my problem. So uh, just to recap then this week where Brian gave us two exact same reviews uh, one for the DC Super Pets Marvel Wonder of League of (laughs) Things and the other one for an Irish movie called Joyride The Vauxhall Conference League of Pets That's it yeah. and then Joyride (laughs) Joyride That's what they call it in Black Rock i got a pain in me Joyride (laughs) Oh God Joyride which is out in cinemas (laughs) soon Irish movie directed by E. Reynolds starring Libby Coleman uh, Lachlan Amara uh, and again, the beautiful similar beautiful County news. of Kerry.
1: Exactly. Uh, and then you gave us this week uh, Baron Noir. Noir. So I can't get it right now. Noir. Noir. Excellent. Barlow, our French political drama series, uh, three seasons of which are on Prime.
2: Excellent. And then I gave you the uh, mini-series, documentary series, uh, D.B. Cooper, Where Are You?, which is on Netflix. And uh, if you fancy mysteries and unexplained stories and all that, uh, Expedition Unknown, hosted by Joshua Gates. It's on Sky Discovery or Sky History. Uh, And what does Sky give us this week? Remind So
1: Sky are uh, letting us know the important news that sci-fi is now Sky Sci-Fi. But don't worry, all your favourite shows are still there All the classics like Star Trek, Stargate, SG-1 Quantum Leap and this brand new Big season uh, series called From, it's a 10 part series, it's set in a town It's nightmarish, it's a mystery There's scary things in the forest And anyone who goes into this town is By the look of it is kind of fucked Marvelous. So do check it out on Sky Sci-Fi.
0: Right lads, what have you learned this week? I learned that Mario Puzo was writing A completely different book to The Godfather and was told Listen son, you better get some actual characters in here yeah, which Dirty I written,
2: Turned into a play called The Vagina Monologues
0: <laughs> See ya!